My name's Shaquan, but a lot of people know me by my other name, Mad Skills. I'm an MC. My name is Mad Skills. Let's make some noise. I'm a DJ. Oh, yeah. I'm a ghostwriter for some of your favorite rappers. I'm not about to tell you who, though. But most importantly, I'm a hip-hop enthusiast. Hip-hop confessions is raw, unfiltered conversations with my friends revealing things that they didn't like, never knew about, I don't know, or never got into about hip-hop culture. So sit back. Oh, come on, y'all. Turn up the volume. Hip-hop. And listen to hip-hop confessions. Because everybody's got one. Here's a little story that must be told. And it goes a little something like this. Y'all make some noise for the great, the heavy hitter DJ Lonnie B. For holding it down. I don't remember. I don't remember that joke. <laughs> One, two, check, check. How y'all feeling? Y'all feeling alright? Richmond, y'all feeling alright? Alright, bet, bet, bet. Alright, we gonna get this thing started. Um, my name is Mad Skills. How y'all doing this evening? Thank y'all for coming out on a weeknight. I promise. I ain't gonna have you in here long. I already know how y'all do. I already know what it is. Listen, me and me and Lonnie B know our audience's time limit. We know how long we can keep y'all on a weeknight. We're not gonna keep y'all too long. I appreciate y'all showing up. So listen, man, um, before we get started, I'm gonna get into uh this podcast that um I started in two thousand and I wanna say nine. Actually when I started it wasn't even a podcast. It was actually a, a, a small um, segment that we used to put on YouTube. We used to put it on YouTube like eight minutes, and it was called Hip Hop Confessions. Um, I used to have conversations at the barbershop, conversations with my homeboys about things that we just, you know, we just had our opinions on. We just felt a way about certain things we never knew about. And um, I was like, damn, like somebody should be documenting these conversations. So. I started the thing, and um, I remember the first episode was the episode where I said that I hadn't never listened to an Outkast album before in my life, which is still to this day true. I still have yet to hear a whole Outkast album. I actually had another guy on the podcast. Actually, no, it wasn't a podcast then, but I had a guy on the show who said that he had just realized that Shock G and Humpty Hump was the same person. Like, true story. Um, I had a, a female DJ from, from 757. I don't know if y'all remember DJ uh, B-Right. You know, she, she in New York now doing her thing on, on the radio in New York. She, she thought that NWA was one person, like, for half of her life. So those are the conversations that we was having. And um, I ended up putting it on YouTube, and it did fairly well. And then after a while, I, it, it became harder to find people to tell the truth. Like, everybody was like, yes, yeah, skills, I'm not gonna say that on camera, bro, I can't do that. So I was like, damn, like, don't nobody wanna be honest no more? Like, they was like, nah, see, I, I say that shit to you, bro, I ain't saying that shit on camera, bro. So I stopped doing it. And then a year later, podcast happened. Combat Jack popped up, rest in peace, Combat Jack. Um, but yeah, it popped up like a year later, so I was like, damn, I was early. So I, I stopped doing it, and then, um. Maybe when I did Drink Champs, I had a, a Nori was like, yo, you got to bring that joint back. Quest Love had been on me, hard body, but you, you got to bring back Hip Hop Confessions. So I did it, and it's now it's a podcast, and 
This is like our fourth one live. We, this is the first time we ever did it live, so make some noise for yourselves for showing up. So I'm gonna bring out my guest, man. This, this dude is a, is a musician. Um, he's a DJ as well, but he's also like a, you ever meet people that you, you just know they just have a, a, a thing for music, and a, he's all, I, I look at him as like a prodigy. Um, he has a group here called Butcher Brown that has been doing a thing um, in this area and outside of this area for you know a few years and they're one of my favorite groups and um, me and him had never really chopped it up. So I was like, I wanna have him here and um, just chop, chop it up with him and talk to him about what he got going on and we are gonna get into some hip hop confessions. Y'all cool with that? Yeah. All right, listen man, y'all make some noise for the great DJ Harrison of Butcher Brown. Make some noise for him. <laughs> Sir. What's up? How are you, man? Have a seat. Have a seat. Welcome home. You in Richmond. And I know y'all be touring all over the place, so. Everywhere. How long y'all, so how long you back? You back for a minute, or? I'm back here until maybe like April 13, 14, and then I go to okay. LA. Okay, then y'all got LA shows for, again? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll go to LA for a living. Oh, oh the flags, the slight flags. I love it. So, so listen, man. Tell me how Butcher Brown started. Butcher Brown started in, um, I want to I say around like 2011, 2012, for like, basically we decided to be a band. We would always get up and like have um, sessions and write music and basically we just kind of just got up and just say like, hey, like we should just do a band. I actually go on tour and like made this a thing. And so the members have changed over the years, but it's been going on since then. What year did y'all start? Well, like, what year did Butcher Brown start? It's hard because, like, I mean, in a sense of like, well, like Butcher Brown as a as a band, like we started in like 2011, 2012, but like okay. we, we we were always doing stuff like together, like in different groups and different facets. You know what I mean? So we was always together. We was always connected, but we didn't really just start doing shit until like. You know, 2012, we were just like, yo, let's make this a thing. And then right. that's, that's kind of when we started doing that thing. Dope, dope. So, and you, what, what part of Richmond are you from? Um, Chesterfield. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean for, 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 for clarification, for clarification, I was born and raised in Petersburg. I grew up okay. in Chesterfield. And then Got you. I've been staying out in, um, like, West End. Okay, bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bet. You know, for them, you got to clarify. Right. You know, yeah. they, they going to pick a side regardless. That's, mm -hmm. that's what we do. Right, right, right. So, so when, when did you realize that you had an affinity or even a, you know, a, a desire to want to do music? Like, what was your first musical memories? My first musical memory, which is, um, well, my dad was a radio DJ. I'm not sure if, like, anybody, in, maybe I'm dating myself. Like, if y'all know, like, Magic 99 or J100, my dad was a DJ. On Magic 99, J100? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. What was his name? Uh, his name was LaVonda Shelton. He, was a, he went by DJ Love. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. And it's like, he always had records in the house, and I just grew up just looking at it and just being like, oh, man, like, how, do, like, how does this work? Like, you look at this black disc circulating, and it's like, my mom was like, yeah, like, this is a band, and this is what they do. Like we made, they make records and they do this. And I was kind of like, oh, well, how, how, like, how do they make that? 
And then from, from the start, I just wanted to be like a part of making records, like from songwriting to learning the instruments to the engineering process right. to even like pressing. Right. You know what I mean? So, so what, what type of music, were they playing any music in the house? Like what type of music were you hearing in your house at a oh, young age? I mean, just like soul, Motown, funk, like, you know, Motown, like, like maybe like Marvin Gaye, right. P-Funk. Yeah. You know. My mom used to classics. play, my mom used to play Happy Feelings by Earth, Wind & Fire Earth, every yeah. Sunday. Earth, Wind, yeah. Like, yes, I heard that song every Sunday, that and Shining Star. She was a very big Earth, Wind & Fire, Ozzy Brothers fan. Like you said, Motown. Yeah. You know, I remember looking at the uh, Rick James, the, the album cover with Rick James when he had the joint on it. And I was like, Mom, what's that? And she was like, give me that shit. Like, she, she took the record because I, I was starting to ask <laughs> questions about things I wasn't supposed to be asking questions yeah. about. Right, you know what right. I mean? But I think a lot of us at the age that we are, you know, our parents were playing songs that influenced us. You know what I'm saying? So to, even to, now. Yeah, to be who you are Right, today. to be who you are now. Even yeah. now, I can hear a song and I go, man, my mom used to play the hell out of that record. Or, you know, I listen to certain instruments and songs and things like that. And, and it just takes me back to a place. Mm -hmm. And that's the one thing I love about music. I can ask you right now, like, what you were doing, you know, November 29th, 1999, and you probably don't remember but if I say, yo, where, where was you at the first time you heard Biggie? You automatically remember. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You're like, yo, I, I was in college skills. I was in the dorm. My homeboy had it on a cassette. It's like, you, you might not remember the date, but you always remember yeah. the moment. And that's why I, I always feel like music ties into moments. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, man, I, can tell you the first time I, I can tell you the first time I heard Biggie. It was, um, I had to be like seven to eight years old. I was out in Petersburg and like, my mom was. Yeah, you were seven or eight the first time you what? heard Biggie? Bro, bro we bro, old as shit, man. <laughs> Yo, we, oh, we, <laughs> we, you know, we old as shit. No, no, but Pete, so it was like, it was one of those things, it was like, my mom and my, my people's like, they wouldn't let me listen to rap because it was just like, oh, all this cursing and all this derogatory, whatever, whatever. And then like, my cousins had the tape. So then I'll be riding in the car. And like they was like, yeah, go. Like my aunt was like, go to the store, give me some cigarettes. So I like, got in the car with my uh, my cousins and shit, and like, and they was just like, I heard, I first heard, um, yeah. And I was just like, yo, what's this? As as a kid, I mean, you know, like, it's like I remember, I remember going back and forth to New York. Trying to get a record deal, I me we had the whole, you know, the Super Friends hadn't, you know, turned into what we thought we was going to turn into yet. But we was always trying to go to New York, mm -hmm. and I remember um, I was in this battle in '93, and I came outside, and I remember seeing Jay Z, uh, just outside, demolishing niggas like he was just running through so many rappers. Everybody was listening to him, and I was seeing signed rappers, like, listen to him, like, LL Cool J walked up and was like, yeah, nah, I don't want to fuck with this nigga, like, <laughs> genius, the jizzer walked up, listened for a second, like, went and got in the limo, like, so all these signed rappers, Jay won't sign yet, and um, he was just outside demolishing cats, and I just remember being like, hey, he, he dope, 
and it was these people walking around with these big ass um, what's some picket signs? Like that's crazy. I don't even know what they used to call them, picket signs. <laughs> and they had they they just was walking up and down the street saying "bad boy, bad boy," and I was like, "What the fuck is bad boy?" Like, but I noticed I was like, "Okay, like." They got picket signs. You, you know, back in the day when people was giving out, C, giving out tapes, they weren't even giving out CDs. So it's these, it's these street teams dudes. They got these black bad boy jackets on. And I'm just like, oh, that's, that's, that's Puffy's thing. Like, that's his new thing. And this girl walked up to me. I'll never forget it. This girl walked up to me, and she gave me a, it looked like she gave me a, it was, in a, it was a hamburger. Like it was in a, now you get a Whopper. It was actually in a case. Like, like a, I was like. I was like, why'd she give me a hamburger? And I, lo- I remember that the girl was the girl. She handed it to me. She was like, yo, you're going to fuck with this. And I was like, a hamburger? <laughs> like, so I remember opening it up. So I opened it up, and it's a real bun. It's real bread. It's shredded up paper lettuce. And it's a tape in the middle of the sandwich. And the top of it said Big Mac. And I opened it up, and it was a tape. And on one side was four songs from Craig Mack, and on the other side was four songs from Biggie. And I remember holding it in my hand, and I was like, yo, whoever thought of this shit is a genius. Mm. Like, Big Mac? Like, this shit is crazy. The girl who gave it to me was Keisha from Total. Whoa. Like, so she was on the street team, walking up and down the street on some bad boy shit. And that's the, I remember getting in the car, listening to the tape. We put the tape in, and that fucking beat came on. Boom, boom, boom. Live from Bedford Stuyvesant, the livest one. And I was like, yeah, this nigga out of here. Like, who, whoever is giving out tapes in a hamburger case so wait, is probably going to win. Wait, are you saying the, un, like, the unbelievable track was on that tape? Yes. Flavor in your ear was on one side. Ooh. Craig Mack had uh, Can I Get Down, Get On Down. That was on the other side. Big had Juicy, Unbelievable, Machine Gun Funk, and it was another song on there. And damn, I wish I kept, I wish I kept that shit. All that, all that on in between two slices of bread. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what's Yo, so what? crazy is, what's so crazy is, I had mine, and that, like I said, they was giving them out. And I seen another dude, he opened his up. His had cheese in it. <laughs> and I remember saying, who the fuck went and got the cheese? <laughs> to put, like, like, and I remember, like, I remember thinking to myself, like I said, whoever, whoever came up with this idea is a genius. You know what I'm saying? I, I remember Puff tried to do it again with, like, Total with the cereal box. The shit ain't really worked like it. It ain't work like it worked the first time. You know, sometimes the first time is just the best time. But that was my introduction to, like, big. You know what I'm saying? Like, and actually, we rolled back the VA down the turnpike, down 95 South, and we listened to that shit over and over and over again until I, I knew the words that shit. I remember telling all my friends, like, like, dog, this dude big, this dude, this dude Biggie. Because his, his name was, it was Biggie Smalls then. It was before he had to, like, legally change it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's the fact that you was eight years old when you heard Biggie is, <laughs> that's crazy to me. I had no business listening to it. Like, my mom was just like, you saw with your cousins? You was listening to what? Right, right. 
Right, yeah. So they didn't want you listening to that type of music. Well, yeah, I mean, like, in, in a sense, like, it was like that because, like, on my dad's side of the family, it was, like, all gospel and jazz. And on my mom's side of the family, it's the party music, so, like, soul, funk, all that. Right. It, it's, it's a... When I, when I think back to how we had to, you know, our parents had the record players and, you know, they knew, you know, if you touched the record or you scratched the record, you would kind of know about it. But probably when we was little, it, it, this might be a little, it's, you was too young for this. But for us, the best invention in the world for us was Walkmans because we could get a tape and just put on some headphones and your mama wouldn't know what you was listening yeah, to. Yeah, take it with you everywhere you go. Yeah. I, I, mean, I got a Walkman at the crib. <laughs> and what, what's so crazy is after a while, y'all know how after a while you would have a tape, you might let your friend hear it, and then they'll give it back to you, and then you use it again. So then the, the artwork got scrubbed off of the tape. You know what I mean? So it was like, even if my mom opened my Walkman, I was like, what is he listening to? Like, she couldn't read what was yeah, on it. it was worn off. And it was straight NWA. <laughs> it was straight fuck the police you know what I'm saying and and as a parent like when when my kids were listening to music that I was like yeah I don't know what the I don't know what the fuck that is like I remember I remember hearing my my daughter listening to like chicken noodle soup with a soda on the on side the and I hated side. that shit I couldn't stand it it's like yo that's not music like this shit is trash like and then <laughs> I would, I would come, like, no, she's sitting right there. She can tell you, like, she's super <laughs> embarrassed. But, and then it was, you know what I'm saying, it was you. And they was doing the Batman and all this shit. And I remember being like, this ain't for me, but at least it's not as bad as what I was listening to. You know what I mean? I'll take chicken noodle soup because when I was her age, it was clearly, fuck the police coming straight. Like, it was bad. So I knew my mom would have probably spazzed if she, if she heard it. But give it up for the parents for just watching over us and making sure that we listen to the right thing. So, man, yeah, shout out to your parents, man, because they was right. Because you, you had no business listening to Biggie and Eight. Yeah, he killed himself on the end of the album. There's no reason you should have heard that at eight years old. Hey, yo, big, yo, chill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so as far as like MCs or rappers, like who are like some of your favorites after you started coming into age and really listening to like hip hop? Um, I mean, just classics. I mean, I mean, I came up with like, my, like I said, my dad's record collection. So like, there's like the '70s cats like Sugar Hill Gang, you know, Fabulous Five, all that shit. But as far as um different rappers, I mean, just you know, obviously Biggie, Rakim. Um, Rakim is probably my favorite. Yeah, I mean, Tupac, of course. Um, you know, um, let me see. Yeah, I always like, I always like Rakim. Rakim is like my first. When mm -hmm. people are like, oh, who's your top five? I'm like, the four might change, but the number one for me, never changes. It's always been it's rock him. I, th I thought I was rock him for like oh. two years. <laughs> like, I really literally was like, this guy is so cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
And the fact that when he would say something, you could take it one way, I could take it another way, she could take it another way. So the fact that he could say one thing and three people could interpret it three different ways was genius to me. Because I didn't know if that was, he was doing that on purpose or that was just how good he was. You know what I'm saying? Just as a rapper, like. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, in a sense, music is like that, in the sense of, like, it's what you put out there, and it's up to whoever's listening to it to decipher it and take it how they take it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. You know, like, listening to Rakim or listening to Big Daddy Kane or listening to different people, it's like, you can take certain things from, even if, even if you don't like the artist, like, you can still take it as far as, like, you can take different things from what they're saying. Like, oh, yeah, well, I like this, and I don't like this. Right. You can still be able to say, like, what you like about it and what makes you gravitate towards it. Right. I remember, I remember coming after we met, and uh, we, got, I, I, we exchanged information. Um, I remember you saying, like, yo, it's good, like, pull up. Come to the spot, man. We be over there cooking, man. Come, come, to, come check out some music. And I was like, all right, cool. And um, I remember hitting you back when I got in town. And um, I was like, yo, you, you at the crib? And you was like, yeah, man, come over, man. You just over here, you know what I'm saying? Fucking with some jams. And I was like, all right, cool. So I went to your spot. And um, I remember sitting there watching you, like, play and put music together. And I, I remember when you started touching the keys, I was like, I, I remember the first thing that popped in my mind. I was like, yo, the last time I seen somebody effortlessly play music like this was probably D'Angelo. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I know I'm just telling you this now, but I had Man, that same what? I had that I had that same feeling because I used to watch him in like in talent shows. I only saw him in like talent shows. I never saw him like practice. So but by the time he got to the talent show, the shit was so tight, like he it just seemed effortless to him. So when when did the instruments, when did playing instruments become a thing for you? So after the music you started wanting to learn about these instruments. When did that start? When I was a kid, like I had like um like I got my got my first drum set when I was like four. I had my first keyboard when I was six. I learned how to play bass and guitar when I was eleven, twelve. And it's one of those things where like when I started going to school and like I you know, I had parents that like actually buy me those things and actually like nurture my gift mm. in a sense. Cause I mean like Looking back on it now, like I didn't realize that it was like a certain thing that I was paying attention to, and all of a sudden it was like, "Yo, I need to, I need to hone in on this. I need to yeah. be able to like focus on this." And it's funny because a lot of people around me saw that in me early, right? Before I even saw it within myself, right? You know what I mean? Like, I just feel. I mean, I would say like, yeah, I started playing drums around like four, five, and started doing wow. talent shows and stuff, and. After a while, I just kind of just started, you know, my mom got me a, uh, one of those Tascam four tracks. Your mom bought you a four track? Mm-hmm. Wow. Four, four, tra- four, four, four track you? cassette. I was, on, I was 11, 11 and 12. That's crazy. And I, and I started making tapes. I still got those tapes. Really? At the crib, yep. I still That's got that crazy. machine, too. That's crazy. The, the crazy part about your studio is I walked in, it was all, like, analog. Like, it looked like. Stu- it looked like I was in 1988, mm-hmm. and I'm a nostalgia-type person, so anytime I see some old-school shit, I just I get enamored by it because I'm like, yo, that's the, 
that's the DA88. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's the ASR. You know, that, that's what Kanye made. You know what I mean? Da, 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 da. So shout out to your mom, man, for just, like you said, and your parents for nurturing your gift and buying you these things at such a young age because no, well, none of that shit cheap at all. You know what I mean? And I, I think about how our parents, you know, and how as parents we have to let our children be what they want to be, you know what I'm saying, and let them find themselves in, in what it is they want to do as long as they're not hurting themselves and they're not, hurt, you know, injuring anybody else. Um, you know, Lonnie always tells the story about how his mom didn't pay the mortgage and bought him some turntables and skipped her mortgage that month, was behind a, a month, because she bought, because turntables won't fucking cheap, man. Them shit's like, won't them shit like $1,200? Like, 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 like the Technics 1200 Yeah, the Technics yeah. 1200 They was like 800 a piece. So shout out to the parents, man, for just looking out and just being like, I'm going to figure out a way to get him this, because I can hear him in the room. I know where he at. He ain't in the streets. He ain't doing nothing crazy. He in there working on that music. And as much as I might not understand it, I'm going to let him do his thing. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? That's, that's, a, that's a real live thing, man. I got I to gotta tell you a story. So yesterday I went to go see my mom, and I was sending her. I'm working on this covers album with Stone's Throw right now. And I sent her the album, and she was like, is that you singing? I'm like, yeah, that's me singing, I'm playing everything. She was like, bullshit, that's not you. That's not you, nah, nah, nah. And so like, you know, like, like back in the day, like, cats would be like, oh shit, you can freestyle, you can rap? All right, cool, on the spot, what you got? Spit, right now. My mom was just like, you can't sing, sing something for me right now. She, she, she literally did it to me yesterday. Still, to this day. <laughs> to this day. That's crazy, man. Yeah. My mom, Mama, I remember one time I got into the Source magazine, Unsigned Hype, and my mom walked around with that magazine <laughs> every day for like six months. She would tell people, like, my son is in this magazine. They're like, yeah, right, you don't know what yeah. you're talking about. Like my, mom, I, like, my mom would literally be on a GRTC bus, show like, yo, this is my son. You know what <laughs> you know? And they were like, what he do? She like, yo, he make music, you know what I'm saying? And she it was like, oh, cool. So where you going? She, she get up, hit the thing, you know, get off on Broad Street, like, you know what I'm saying? So the parents, man, like I said, once again, shout out to the parents, you know what I mean, always. Mm-hmm. Y'all can give it up for that, man, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, the podcast is called Hip Hop Confessions. You already know that. So um, we're going to get straight to the shits. Let's DJ Harrison. Let's do it. I need you to tell me, <laughs> what is your hip-hop confession? My hip-hop confession is um, basically the first time when I met, uh, when I met Tyler, the Creator. Oh, okay. Our future. Mm-hmm. Okay. Y'all know who Tyler, the Creator is? Oh, you know, some, we, some of us love. Right. <laughs> Yo, so like. If you picture it, like, it's, like, October 2021. And, like, me and Tyler had been, like, DMing on IG. And, you know, at first it was kind of like, all right, well, I'm not sure this is really him. But I saw the blue check, Felicia the Goat, you know, all that. So, oh, yeah, it's really him. So 
I go out to uh, LA after my album come out. This is back in this is like December, December twenty twenty one. So I go out there, and I end up um, we're doing like a stone throw holiday party. So I go out there with my homeboy, do the party. Everything's cool. I'm about to fly back the next day. Like it's nine a.m. and literally like I'm at this spot called uh, this coffee shop called Amara, and as I'm sitting there, I'm like texting, I'm going through my Instagram, and like Tyler's like, yo, you still in town? Like, I'm here at Westlake, you know, Westlake, the. Yeah, where Michael Jackson did Thriller. Thriller, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, super famous studio in Los Angeles. So, like, he's like, yo, I'm here all day. Like, you still gonna be in town? And I'm texting, like, on one hand, I'm like, yeah, 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 I'm still in town, but then I'm about to leave, so I'm sitting here just like trying to change my flight, trying to find a hotel. I'm <laughs> just like, oh, shit. So, like, Get my hotel situated, and I go out there, and like he's in there with his, with his team, and I'm. So y'all still talking just DM? Yeah. You don't have his phone number. Yeah, not yet. So this could be somebody else. No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. It was him. It was him. It was okay. him. Right. It was definitely Felicia to go for I sure. I just trying to make sure you didn't get catfish early. Oh no, 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 yeah. Okay. I, I, well, yeah. I, I, I was, I was, I was looking for that for sure. And so I go to Westlake, and he's there working on a commercial for uh, his brand, uh, Golf Lafleur, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, like, we're just chilling, kicking it back. And, like, everybody in the room, like, his whole team was looking at me. Like, you know, I'm my man now. I'm the, I'm the Virginia. I'm the, I'm the country bumpkin, you know what right. I mean? So it's like everybody in the whole team looking at me is like, yo, who the fuck is this dude? Like, why is he in the studio? Like, what's he doing here? And, like, in between, like, he's, like, in there guiding the ship. He's, like, doing his commercial, and he's, like, doing video editing. He's, like doing sound mixing, doing social media cut downs. And then in between, he's like, he's like, yo, yo, your DJ, your DJ, you ever heard this shit? Yo, like, yo, you ever heard this shit? And he's like sending me all this rare, crazy music. And that's right. what I, and I mean, like, I, I mean, I've known that he was a head, a music head like that, but bro, the stuff he was sending me, it was so crazy. Right. No, I like, said right. Oh, yeah. My bad, my bad, <laughs> my bad. Sorry. But no, but like, so like, I'm just sitting there chilling, and he was just like, "Yo, man, like, what you been working on? What you been doing?" So like, I had my um my SP404, and I was playing beats for him, and his engineers recording, like, you know, sent him a couple of tracks, and then he ended up, you know, just still, like still working on the uh, the commercial he was working on, like for the next morning, and so. I got there around like 8.30 p.m. And then I didn't leave until like 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. And we was just sitting there chilling. Like it, was, it was just a vibe. Like right. Even though he was working, he was still like, do this, do this, do this. Hey, yo, DJ, you ever heard this? Hey, yo, DJ, you ever heard like, He was just so engaged in everything that he was doing. And, of course, I was leaving. And, like, me being a fan of his, I was like, man, I don't want to – I want to ask him for a picture because I, I – <laughs> You know, because I mean, like, I mean, he, he's so busy at work. Like, I, I didn't want to ask him and, like, I didn't want to bother him. And so, like, I was about to leave and I'm just like, yo, man, my Uber's here. Let me go ahead and roll out. And he was like, yo, you trying to take a flick? And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so we took a picture and everything was cool. So we, I get back home. I fly back home the next day. And uh, my manager hits me up and she's just like, Hey, Devon, um, I know you came out here for the Stone's Throw party, and everyone caught COVID at the party. Oh, shit. 
So you was at the party before you went to his studio. So I had the privilege of telling him, "Hey, man, I'm sorry to do this, but uh, <laughs> I have COVID. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I couldn't." After he invited you. <laughs> Bro, no, the crazy thing about it, going to Westlake, I took a COVID test going into the studio. Yeah, it, it, it did. definitely didn't show up that quick. Nah, nah. You know how the vid do. <laughs> you know how the vid do. Yeah. So you have to tell me, how, how did you tell him, yo, bro, how did you tell him that? You had to call him? Yeah. <laughs> what did he say? What did he say? I mean, he... He said it was fine. I mean, like he get, he gets he gets tested like every day, every right. other day because he's around a lot of people all the time. So. Right. Like his whole team gets tested all the time. Right. But you had to be that one dude, like. Yeah. That that was the that was the only year I like missed Christmas. You know what I mean? Because I because I had I had COVID. So. Oh shit. Yeah. So are y'all still in contact? Or he stopped fucking with you. <laughs> No, 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 okay. no, 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 we still cool, we I'm definitely just, still cool, for sure. I was just asking, I, I, yeah. man, I can't imagine that. Yeah. I, I didn't imagine it either. <laughs> At least you got to go to Westlake, I mean, <laughs> Yo. that's where they had Thriller at, you can't be mad at that. Yeah, yeah. I, that's actually, that's actually a good story. <laughs> <laughs> Glad it didn't happen to me, but... Good story. Yeah. Um, y'all want to play some hip hop trivia now? Yeah. <laughs> you want to play hip hop trivia? Yeah. Sure. All right, so listen, this is what we're going to do. Y'all pull y'all phones out right now. I'm going to introduce my man, Sean Kanchowitz. He is the creator of this game right here, and the game is called The Questions. It's about hip hop trivia. Um, you can play the game on your phone. And y'all make some noise one more time for DJ Harrison, man, for pulling up. Thank y'all so much. Appreciate y'all. Oh man, thank thank you for coming, man. Like, thank you for coming. I appreciate you being here. Sean, where is Sean Kenshawis at? Come on out. How are you, sir? You want to sit right here? All right, bet y'all. Y'all give it up for my man, Sean Kenshawis, the creator. Yes, sir. Richmond, so good to be here. My name is Sean Kenshawis. Like Skill said, I am the creator and the original host and now co-host of the Questions Hip Hop Trivia. Skills was telling you about his story about hip hop confessions. I'm gonna give you a brief little summary of mine. So we started doing the questions as a live event in Los Angeles, which is where I live. And we were, you know, we, we didn't know how it was gonna go. We wanted to do something different. You know, when you think of trivia nights, you usually think of like little pencil and, and paper, and that's cool, but we wanted to do something that kind of was a little more modern and a little more, you know, in the moment. And we started doing them, and we started getting some really good responses. All of a sudden, one day, I see somebody enter. And I'm like, is that, is that mad skills? And sure enough, I'm like, holy shit, Mad Skills is playing this game right now. All right, well, we're just going to go forward with it. Did I lose that night? You did lose that night, but you I came did. pretty damn close. I did. Because we, we attract some real hip-hop nerds, because we all have a little hip-hop nerd in us. So we were starting to get more offers. We were starting to do more shows. And we had our first show booked out of state in Brooklyn on March 19th, 2020. We were like, oh, man, this is going to be so crazy. We're a week out. Do I need to tell you what happened? It's the reason this man couldn't get together with Tyler, the creator, for a second time. But <laughs> I didn't mean to rub salt in the wound. Uh, I'm sorry. So 
we wound up pivoting. And I was like, you know what? We're all locked inside. Let's do this online. Let's do this on Instagram. And so we started doing it with special guests. And the first guest that we ever had was Mad Skills on Instagram Live. And then we had a bunch of other producers and rappers and DJs and media people. And we're like, okay, cool. This will be a couple weeks and then we'll be back outside. <laughs> 150 episodes later, it turned out to not be such a bad thing because we've had Questlove, Bun B, Just Blaze, Peter Rosenberg, Warren G, Master Ace, Mr. C from Hot 97. So many people have played this game and we've gotten so much great feedback and now we are taking it on the road for the first time. Like, we just did a week-long tour and I'm so thrilled to be in Richmond for the first time, by the way. I love the people. I love everything that I've seen. I just recently published this card game here, 300 tr trivia questions on a card game. And I'm so thrilled to be doing this with you for the first time. There's a QR code up here on the screen. So all you need to do is scan the QR code and you're gonna put in your name and you're gonna be playing along while we play with DJ Harrison. So everybody able to do that? Everybody got the QR code scanned? My man BJ is somewhere in the back there too. He can help you if, if, uh, if you, you need help. You can play with your real name or your fake name, you know, whatever we, name you want to use. We, we don't discriminate, <laughs> any name you want to use. Um, so we are going to get into this. Give me just one second. How you doing, DJ? I'm good, man. I'm just here. I'm just here at home. <laughs> just did, chilling. Did you just get home? I feel like you're not home very often. Yeah, well, I, got, I got home on a Monday morning. I was in uh, Boise, Idaho. A flight got canceled. <laughs> Had to fly from Boise to Seattle to Atlanta and then back to here. And you Red ain't gonna eye. get no flight straight from Boise to Richmond, no way. So. Exactly. Ain't no directs from out there. Yeah. Right, right, right. None. What does one do in Boise, Idaho? Still trying to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I've been once. I was on tour. I had a good fish sandwich. That, that's the highlight of my Boise, Idaho experience. I don't know if you had a good sandwich. No, it wasn't McDonald's. <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> All right, so everybody ready to go? Everybody got their uh, QR code scanned? We're going to start this, and we're going to start it off with an easy, just, this is just a test question. So this doesn't even count. This is just to make sure that everything's working on your phones. Mm -hmm. So the question is, is this your first time at a live questions event? Yes, it's my first time. Yes, I've watched it online. No, I've never been to events. Or questions, I'm here for the karaoke. There's a lot of stuff going on here at the Park RVA, so you might be in the wrong room, but I feel like you're in the right room, even if you didn't mean to be. So get those answers in. You're gonna tap the thing on your screen. Uh, and once you put an answer in, it's done, so make sure you're careful with the fingers. Everybody ready to go? Everybody good? Nobody gets left behind here? All right, let's do it. We're gonna go into our first round, and the first round is our general multiple choice round, and it's called The Choice Is Yours. You ready to do this, DJ Harrison? Let's go. He's ready. I think I am. Missy Elliott featured this rapper on the gold-selling single, Sock It To Me, from her debut album, Super Duper Fly. Was it A, Magoo, B, Lil' Kim, C, The Brat, or D, Eve? I'm gonna let them all answer, and then I'm gonna ask you what you think the answer is, or what you know the answer is. Five seconds, get those answers in. And if anybody cheats, you will be removed by security, by the way. 
DJ, do you know the answer? I'm going to go ahead and go with A, Magoo. He says A, Magoo. All right, we're going to hear the, we're going to hear, wait, hold on. Hold on. Wait. I have a feeling he's coincidentally not influenced by anybody, just reconsidering. DJ, do you know the answer? Are you, were you a big Missy fan? Yeah. I give you a clue. Yeah, I mean, she about to have a baby. Okay. Then that's not a good clue. <laughs> I, I was thinking, I was thinking of the wrong song. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Socket C C the brat. He says the brat, and he is absolutely correct. The brat is correct. Devon Magoo, what the? What? <laughs> Yikes. Did you listen to a lot of Missy coming up? Be being that she's from Virginia. Yeah, I mean, I did, but it's also like, I'm just, I was thinking about the other, this other song. Your mama let you listen to Missy? Just asking. Or was those one of those records that you couldn't listen? I'm just asking. That was, yeah. Okay. Missy yeah. was pretty clean back in the day. It was a lot of ooh, ah. She was, she was teaching the youth. She was like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. No? <laughs> all right, fine. <laughs> yeah. We're having a good time, DJ. It's all good. So we're going to move on yep. to the second question in our round. Here we go. D'Angelo tapped this hip-hop producer to co-produce his debut single, Brown Sugar. Was it DJ Premier, Pete Rock, Ali Shaheed Muhammad, or Jay Dilla? Who co-produced Brown Sugar? Get those answers in. Five seconds. DJ, what is the answer? I'm gonna say C, Ali Shaheed Muhammad. He says Ali Shaheed Muhammad and he is Absolutely correct, and so are about half of you. I'm still stuck on the Magoo shit. I can't believe I said that. God damn it. <laughs> so, so, DJ, as a musician, as a producer musician, Tell me about the influence that D'Angelo had on you. Skills said that when he heard you played the keys, you, he, he was seeing you as like the successor almost to D'Angelo. What kind of influence did D'Angelo have on you, especially being from Virginia? I mean, just, you know, a lot of my family knew his family and it was one of those things where like, when I was 12 years old and like my mom had, um, she was driving this, um, this new car she had just got, she was it's a Mustang, and like I remember the CD, like she put in it was it was Voodoo, and I just remember hearing play it, play it for the first time, and like up until that point, I just listened to like vinyl records, and it was like the first time I like actually heard something where I'm like oh like there are people are actually doing this like like currently like like contemporary artists. It wasn't it wasn't right. somebody from the past, and like oh yeah, this is an old record from the seventies. Yeah yeah. 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 And so, like, from there, it was just, like, just trying to, like, learn the feel and 
learn, you know, chord changes and like learn how Questlove played the drums and learn how Pino plays the bass and just trying to like really like represent the Virginia sound in that way. One of my favorite records ever. I know, what, what do we prefer here? Are we Brown Sugar or Team Voodoo? Brown Sugar? Both. All right. Oh. All right. <laughs> this was a terrible way to pull the audience. <laughs> Make some noise if you're Team Brown Sugar. Make some noise if you're Team Voodoo. Make some noise if you're going to cop out and say Team Both. <laughs> Black Messiah, come on. Black yeah. Messiah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I like that record, too. I just know that it's not held in the regard of the, you know, the first two. But D'Angelo doesn't have bad records. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, I realize, in a sense, like, when you make art and when you make, like, in a sense of, like, making a record, like, sometimes it has to sit. It's like, you know, like when you cook in the skillet, it's like you got to let the season, you got to let the shit simmer for a minute. I, let it marinate. Yeah. I rarely listen to voodoo like, oh, I'm going to go to track six. I just put it on and let it play, you know, because it's, it's just one of those. Whereas Brown Sugar, sometimes I could do that, but sometimes I'm like, oh, I want to hear, I want to hear, you know, shit damn motherfucker. I want to hear, you know, me and these, you know, dreaming eyes of mine or, or you know what I mean? Like it's, it's more, it feels more you could pick it apart where voodoo is that whole experience. All right, we're going to move on to the next question in our round. Let's see what we got. Nas collaborated with his father and the jazz trumpet player, one and the same, Oludara, on this Illmatic song. Was it New York State of Mind, Life's a Bitch, One Love, or It Ain't Hard to Tell? What song did Nas collaborate with his father who played trumpet? Get those answers in. You got 10 seconds. Time's up. What you thinking, DJ? <laughs> All right, let's use deductive reasoning here. What, what, what are you leaning towards? It's between B and D for me. He says B and D, so life's a bitch or it ain't hard to tell. There's a jazz element for sure. You know, he's got the trumpet solo. What are you thinking? Do we want to poll the audience? Yeah. Audience, what do you think? Is it B or D? B. Again, what am I doing? I'm telling you all to scream at the same time. I've done this before, I promise. So make some noise if you think it's B. Make some noise if you think it's D. Boom. Let's hear what the answer is. Life's a bitch is the correct answer. Yeah. DJ, what is it like when you're playing on rappers' tracks? Like, I know you do your own thing, but you've collaborated with, with other hip-hop artists, right? Mm -hmm. Like, has there ever been a crazy situation where, like, you didn't know what it was going to be like or they, you thought it was going to go one way and you wound up doing something completely different? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of the, that's kind of the beauty of it. It's like you just end up finding your way. You right. You know what I mean? So, like, a lot of times I'll send tracks to certain people and 
you know, sometimes they like it and sometimes they want something more, you know. It's, it's kind of one of those things where, like, being in the studio with somebody, it's like once you get the energy in the room, you start developing on that and then, like, you end up coming to, like, a new crossroads and it's like, oh, this is this is the shit. Like, this is what we're supposed to be, supposed to be this is what we're supposed to be doing. Right. You know? Is there an artist who's like surprised you that you like were like, yo, this went crazy, like, or, or maybe it's somebody that like, it, you caught a weird vibe at first, but then you wound up making something incredible with them? Not really. Okay. I mean, I mean, the, it, the, the people I work with, it's kind of, it's kind of one of those things, it's, it's like a trust it's like, it's, like, it's like a trust thing. Like, I only work with people that like trust my vision and I trust their vision and just somewhere in the middle. Yeah, that's unless super important. You, unless you come to the studio COVID positive. Damn. Already a trust. Already a trust thing. We invited you here tonight to relive your trauma over and over again. We're just going to keep bringing hey, man. it up. I'm fucking sure. Hey, man, we here. Let's do it. All right, we're going to move we on here. to the next question. Everybody's doing very well so far. Can I ask far. this next question? Go ahead. All right, let's, let's pull it up. I think... Which one of these producers did not work on Mad Skills' debut album from where? Is it A, the Beat Nuts, B, DJ Clark Kent, C, Large Professor, or D, Pete Rock? If y'all get this wrong, I will feel offended. Shit. Which one of these producers did not work on my first album? Skills, do you remember where you were when you first heard from where? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm really about to come out there and like look at all y'all phones. I'm a feel away. <laughs> I'm a feel away. I'm a really feel away. Yeah. No, I'm a feel away. No, if you don't know this shit. Radio B, Joey Gallo, I'm gonna feel away. I know Lonnie gonna get it right. I know that. Are y'all answers in? All the answers are in. Well, the time's up, so. Well, time's up, so. I mean, damn, I'm, I'm just looking in the room at all of the people I know, and I'm gonna really feel away. Some of y'all, some of y'all I knew before we even made this album. Some of y'all lay here with mad skills shirts on. If y'all get, I'm gonna feel away. I'm gonna feel a way if y'all get this wrong. This this one is so personal that I think we really just need to go into it. I like we we, we need to actually just reveal the answer because this is gonna be crazy. No, no, no. Let's no, no. Let's go through it. Let's go through it. So, the first song, the first answer is the Beat Nuts, right? Are the Beat uh, Nuts on there? That Johnny Guitar Watson. Yeah. The Beat Nuts did that song. All right. Next, we're going to go to Clark Kent. Clark Kent did this song. That will be Move Your Body. We down to two. Uh, is half the room good or oh, y'all already fucked up? <laughs> Half the room still good? All right. You know we can see the answers here, right? But you can't lie to us. We, I can literally look at my computer and go, damn, bro, how you get this wrong? Like, I can see your shit. All right, here we go. Um, P-Rock and Large Professor. So this would be the last song. 
We about to bring them out. And this is a lot of niggas in this rap world come out and dumb out. Produced by the Lars Professor. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, you did pretty good. You know what? Looking at the percentage in the room, I fucking love y'all, man. I fucking love y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank you. All right, let's keep it pushing. All right, we're going to keep it moving. This is the final question in our first round. In 1999, this producer slash DJ claimed that his vinyl weighs a ton. Was it Mad Lib, High Tech, Peanut Butter Wolf, or DJ Jazzy Jeff? Get those answers in. He put out a record called His Vinyl Weighs a Ton. Uh-oh. Shit got real. I'm we had to turn the heat up. They can't all just be Richmond questions, you guys. <laughs> all right, time is up. Um, I'm torn between A and C. He's torn between A and C. What if I told you that you have a connection to one of these people? Which one? <laughs> I'm not even mad at that. You gonna, you gonna call a lifeline? You gonna ask the crowd? Yeah, me, yeah, yeah, we'll call a lifeline right quick. They don't know. I don't think they know. What do you think? I'm going to go with C. He says C. And C is absolutely correct. <laughs> Peanut Butter Wolf. So, you know, we, we, we polled the room earlier about Odd Future. Make some noise. I don't know if y'all know, but who knows about Stone's Throw Records? All right, we got some people. For, for those who don't know, no, they raised their hands. They raised their hands. <laughs> Yo. No, but this, 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 is a cool, this is a cool opportunity because you are putting out records on Stone's Throw Records. And for those who mm -hmm. don't know, Stone's Throw is one of the biggest uh, independent hip-hop labels in the, in the country. And right. they're based in Los Angeles. And they put out some crazy records by Mad Lib, by MF Doom, by Jay Dilla. So it's definitely, you know, more underground leaning. But... Tell me, you know, what it's been like working with Stone's Throw because they are a worldwide label. They have so much respect. There's, there's, you know how like when people used to buy records because it had the Def Jam logo on it? Like that's what it is today. They see Stone's Throw and they're like, yo, I don't even need to hear it. I'm going to pick it up. So what is it like being on like a modern day indie like Def Jam in that way? I mean, in a sense, it's cool just because... Um I mean, just like being in the lineage, like the lineage of like working after like Jay Dilla, Mad Lib, Mad Villain with Doom and everything. Like, I, I remember listening to him in college and it's like being able to be in that hot seat, just be able to like be a part of that legacy in a sense. It's, it's great. We, uh, the first time we ever did the questions in LA was in a neighborhood that's right next to where the Stone's Throw office was. And we saw Peanut Butter Wolf, who owns the label. He's a DJ and producer, and he's the head of the label. We said, yo, if you're not busy when you get off work, like, come and play. And he played, and he stayed the whole entire night. And then when he was done, he was like, I hope you don't mind. I've been like, taking screenshots and sharing with my group chat. 
I was like, oh, who's your group chat? And he was showing me. Just Blaze, DJ Premier, Questlove, and they all were like, we want to play, what is this? And I was like, can you invite them next time? Like, we, we, we could plan this. And we've had so many of those people on the questions and they're fans, so Stone's Throw and Peanut Butter Wolf definitely holds a special place for me too because that was so early in the questions history. Right. But you didn't come here to hear me talk about the questions history. You came here to play some hip hop trivia. Skills, I think we should move into the next round. And the next round is called Check the Rhyme. This is all about lyrics. So I'm gonna ask you a question about lyrics and you have to answer. All right, here we go. According to lyrics in his song, Juicy, Notorious B.I.G. used to frequently read this magazine. Was it Newsweek, Rolling Stone, Seventeen, or Word Up? Get those answers in. Some amazing articles in Seventeen magazine, by the way. If you haven't checked it out. You just got to get somebody else to buy it for you. Some of y'all looking like, wait, they used to read magazines? <laughs> Some people might be, wait, what's a magazine? <laughs> Before your phone. Uh, what do you think, DJ? What was the magazine? I'm going to go ahead and go with D, word up. Let's hear the answer. Yeah. This album is dedicated to all the teachers that told me I'd never amount to nothing. To all the people that lived above the... It'd be fucked up if I played the edit and he said something. I'm trying to make some money to feed my daughter. Yeah, yeah. To all my peoples in the struggle, you know what I'm saying? It's all good, baby, baby. Sure, sure. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. <laughs> we had to come back from the peanut butter wolf, you know? We, we had to get back in the same space, same building. All right, we're going to move on to the next question. Here we go. Which of these ice cream flavors does not get mentioned by Method Man in the hook to Raekwon's ice cream? Is it butter pecan? Oh, shit. Rocky Road, French vanilla, or chocolate deluxe? Oh, it just got real. Some of y'all look confused. And I have an amazing surprise. If you look under your seat, there's ice cream under everybody's seat right now. <laughs> It's been there since 5.30. It's been there. We got here earlier this afternoon. <laughs> Still good. Wow. DJ, do you know the answer to this? Are you unsure? Where, where do you stand on this? I'm going to go with B. He says B, Rocky Road. Let's see what the answer is. Watch these rap niggas get all up in your guts. French vanilla, butter, pecan, chocolate deluxe. Even caramel sundae. Rocky Road is correct. Skills, we had a couple French vanilla votes in the house. <laughs> As the unofficial Richmond delegate, I need you to talk to your people. Just... Hey, I got nothing. Nothing wrong with French vanilla. But it wasn't the right answer. So I guess in a more specific way, there was something wrong with French vanilla. All right, we're going to move on to the next question in this round. Here we go. The chorus to Money Trees off Kendrick Lamar's Good Kid, Mad City references this actress. Is it Angela Bassett, Halle Berry, 
Taraji P. Henson or Regina King? Get them in. All right, DJ, do you know the answer? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with C. He says C. Sounds like there's some snakes that just entered the room. Let's hear what the answer is. Oh, that's the wrong song. <laughs> the answer I is see. Butter Pecan. What do you say? C? Let's find out. Oh, man. Hey. Holly Berry is correct. Um, what's your favorite Kendrick album? Do you have a favorite? Um, I would say, um, and dare I say, like, don't mean to sound dated or whatever, but to, to, uh, to Pimple Butterfly. What's this theory with George Clinton? Yeah. That's my shit. Love it. Flying Lotus and Thundercat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, to Pimple Butterfly is my favorite. What do y'all think? Make some noise. Is it good kid, Mad City? Ooh, wow. I thought that was a classic album. You, to Pimple Butterfly? Yeah. I like, I like Mr. Morales and the Big Steppers. That's a good album. Can I do a quick hip-hop confession? Yes. <laughs> I was so, because I really, I really fuck with Kendrick. And when I heard the album was coming out, I was like, I was going to treat it like old school. Like, I'm going to block out time. I'm going to just hop in my car. I'm going to drive aimlessly until the album is done. Then I'm going to come home. And I listened to that album, and it was crazy. It was, such a, it was so heavy and complex and deep. And I was like, man, I've been listening, paying attention to it but I feel like I didn't even pick up on everything that he just did in this album. I need to go back and revisit this album. I have not yet revisited the album, <laughs> but I'm going to, but you know, it sometimes skills, you know, like it's kind of a heavy listen, you know, like you gotta be in a certain headspace to listen to it. You know what I'm saying? No? <laughs> wow, wow. Leaving me hung out to dry skills, wow. All right, we're going to move on to the next question. One of Jay-Z and Beyonce's earliest recorded collaborations was a semi-cover of a song by this artist. Was it Biggie, Schooly D, Nina Simone, or Tupac? This is an early, early recorded collaboration between the two. What do we think, crowd? <laughs> oh, shit. We didn't say the answer yet. What do you think, DJ? Can I use a lifeline? You can use a lifeline. Who's your lifeline? The crowd? Yep. What is it? I'm going to go with D, Tupac. Let's hear the answer. 
Tupac is correct. Most of you got that right. Couple, couple weird ones. Couple weird ones. We got one more question left in this round. Let's see what it is. On the clip single Ma, I Don't Love Her from their first album, who sings the hook? It's by an R&B singer. Is it Mary J. Blige, Khalees, Faith Evans, or John Legend? Who sings the hook? Ma, I Don't Love Her. Our time is up. What are you feeling? I'm trying to hear it in my head, and I feel like it's between B and C. Skills, can you play the beginning of the beat so we could at least kind of... I could see B or C. I feel, I feel like... Did, it, did that help you at all? Blah, damn. Been a minute. Crowd, what do you think? Is it B? Is it C? I'm, I'm hearing B and C, so we're right back where we started. B, C. C? B, C powder. He says C. Let's, let's hear the answer, Skills. C. Faith Evans was correct. C is the right answer. Faith Evans was correct. A little faith. Whew. God from damn. The, from the moving of the chatter, a lot, it sounds like a lot of people got that wrong. Ron P., I know you did not get that wrong. Okay. Just, <laughs> that is the Neptune's encyclopedia right there. We actually, Ron P in the we actually had to verify all of it with him. He had to, you stamped it with your rubber stamp. You're like, yes, that is correct. All right, we're done with our second round. Now we're going into our third round, which is the sample round. And it's called Digging in the Crates. So this is how it's going to go. We're going to play you a sample, and you have to answer the question about the sample. Okay. All right, so here's the first question. I'm gonna read you the question and then we'll play the sample. Okay. Jay Dilla flipped the Joe Pass recording of Giant Steps on a single by this artist. So let's hear that sample skills. Here are your options. Is it common? Q-Tip, MC Light, or Erica Badu? Fifteen seconds, get him in. He in the beat, he, ain't, he don't even know the question. He's so in that sample right now. <laughs> he like, yo, this shit crazy. DJ Harrison's brain just left the building. It just, he's in sample world. 
DJ, what you think? I'm gonna go with B. Q-tip. He says B. Q-tip. Let's hear it, Skills. Q-tip is correct. And some of you knew. DJ, gun to your head, favorite Jay Dilla beat right now. Doesn't have to be of all time. Just g- um, my favorite Jay Dilla shit is uh, it's like this unreleased beat. It's called uh, uh the Jay, unreleased. It, it's called Jay Dilla cassette number four. Well, y'all and go it, home and listen to and, the unreleased <laughs> Jay Dilla. But I mean, like as far as what's out right now, yeah. Like, I mean. I mean, Far Side, Common, <sighs> Tribe. Where do you even start? Right. De La Stakes is high. Mm. Busta, yep, a lot of Busta work. It, it's, uh, I mean, there, there's been so many skills, mad skills. From where had a little uh, JD love as well. Yeah. I'm gonna go with um. It was like one of the first tapes I bought when my mom actually let me listen to rap. <laughs> um. From the first Buster Rhymes album, Still Shining. Woo! Yeah. That beat is crazy. That beat is crazy. All right, we're going to move on to our next question in the sample round. Here we go. Timbaland sampled the meters, people say, on a smash single for this artist. Skills, can we hear that sample? He chopped the shit out of it. Here are your options. Was it Justin Timberlake, Nelly Furtado, Aaliyah, or the Pussycat Dolls? (laughs) Who knew that? Did anybody know that? Make some noise if you still are not sure. Maybe you're starting to learn tonight. If y'all get that shit wrong, me and Lonnie B are leaving. <laughs> what do you Exiting think? the premise. What do you think, DJ? I'm going to go with C, Aaliyah. Skills, can we hear the sample one more time and then you play the actual uh, the joint? Danger Mouth and DJ Lonnie B are the super friends in the building. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, next question. So this is about a horn break by a band called the Lafayette Afro Rock Band. All of these artists have sampled it. But what we want to know is who sampled it first. So can we hear the horn break first? I know y'all know that one. 
So all of these artists that I'm about to show you have sampled it, but we want to know who sampled it first. Here's your options. Rex in Effect, Jay-Z, Public Enemy, or Elzai? Who sampled wait, wait, wait. it? What's the question? Who, who sampled, sampled it, it first? first? They all sampled it. All right. DJ, if you had to venture a guess, what are you leaning towards? If I could make a guess, it'd be A, Rex and Effect. He thinks it's Rex and Effect. What do y'all think? Is it A? Is it B? Is it C? Is it D? <laughs> Crickets. Um, well, let's do a little time travel. We're going to go in the time machine. We're going to go in reverse order. So we're going to go who used it most recent. When we're done, we'll hear who did it first. So Elzai is a dope MC. He was in Slum Village, Detroit. And in 2018, he put out a record that sampled it. Let's hear that. Slowed it down. Pitched it down. In 2006... Skills' favorite uh, phone texter, Jay-Z, <laughs> sampled it on Show Me What You Got. This is State of Emergency. The moment of truth. In 1992, I don't even know. This is super deep, so I don't even know if y'all would know this one. But there was this song called Rump Shaker. Have you heard it? <laughs> super, super obscure. I don't even know if people heard it in Virginia. Um, which means in 1988, Public Enemy sampled it on Show Em What You Got, which means that Public Enemy C is the correct answer. You can't, you, know, you, know. you can't say you didn't learn something tonight. If it wasn't that, if it was the last one, you are going to walk away with something you didn't know tonight. I promise you. Thank you, Snoop. Oh, man. All right, next question. This is about a group called The Rim Shots, and they had a song called Dance Girl. We want to know who sampled it. Let's hear that sample. Let's see what the options are. Is it East Flatbush Project, De La Soul, The Roots, or Hieroglyphics? Get those answers in. Ten seconds.
the mumbling and the rumbling. <laughs> this is the most rumbly ass crowd we've had on this whole tour. Listen, every time you play a sample, it's like, man, fuck. <laughs> I thought they was gonna ask us what kind of sneakers Run DMC wore. I thought the show was gonna be easy. <laughs> Does it ring any bells for you, DJ, or a little obscure? Crowd, you think it was East Flatbush Project? You think it was De La Soul? You think it was The Roots? Do you think it was Hieroglyphics? Skills, let's hear it. The Roots is correct. That fucked me up because I thought it was a Questlove drum loop. It was a sample. We got one more question left in this round. This one is about another sample that I know that you all know. It's called... I'm afraid the masquerade is over, and it's by an artist named David Porter. I'm going to give you four options, but only one of these artists has not sampled it. So, Skills, can we hear the sample? Oh, you see, my darling, when love ceases to be warm, when the heat from your kisses can no longer be felt, that time says that it's over. That time says that it's no more. Oh, yes, I love you. Oh, yes, I need you. But I don't need the changes. Oh, I got to get my head. I've got to leave you now. I've got to go. So I'm going to give you four artists. Only one of them has not sampled this. Is it Notorious B.I.G., Redman, Keith Murray, or Megan The Stallion? And I'll give you another clue. We'll say who has not rapped on it. Let's hear that sample one more time, Skills. See my darling and loves. Woo! What do y'all think? Did the notorious BIG not sample it? Was it Red Man? Keith Murray, Megan The Stallion. All right, we're gonna take another, another little uh, time travel. So in 1995, you weren't allowed to listen to this, but you did anyway. It was the Notorious B.I.G. Who shot you? Who shot you? This is your cousin was playing in the car. Yep. Skills, can you play me what we got next? Who used it next? 
and legs. When I'm coming through, grab your cranium for alternatum, son. I make subterranean. My subliminals mix with the yeah, subliminals. That was Keith Murray. On Mary J's album, a little interlude. So we down to two. Down to two. So it was used a little more recently. Can we hear? Lonnie B has left the building. Lonnie B has re-entered the building. <laughs> and it was called Shots Fired. Wow. So Red Man never... Red Man never rhymed on it, which means that Red Man is the correct answer. Wow. Lonnie B, did you get that right? <laughs> oh, I think... How, how many people got that right? Hands up if you got that right. Y'all, I can see it right here. <laughs> All right, Ben, let's keep it moving. We have now reached our final round. Oh. And we're going to bring... I'm, I'm going to need the following three people to stand up. Mm. Norris, Aunt El Simbolo, and Hip Hop Henry. Woo! <laughs> let's go. Let's go, let's go. All right, so Norris. Who's Norris? Wait, oh, there you oh, go. Right. Oh, oh, so, oh, oh, Nobi. Oh, what up, bro? DJ Nobi in the building. What up? Already. You sound like what's your real name. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to use your government. How many people are in Run DMC? Three is correct. You are in third place, my friend. So you... Almost made it, but you didn't get there. But y'all make some noise with DJ Novi, man, one time. Mm. So these are the two finalists. These two. Okay. All right. Yo, what's crazy is Hip Hop Harry told me like a month ago, he was like, yeah, I'm winning that John Skills. <laughs> Harry, Harry, he told me, he, I said Harry, I just called him Hip Hop Harry. <laughs> he definitely told me he was winning like a month ago when I saw him. So shout to you, brother. All right, so Simbolo. Who's Simbolo? What was the name of Uncle Luke's famous group? Two Live Crew is correct. And my friend, you, you are, are right in behind second in place. second place. Which means Hip Hop Henry is okay, in first yeah. place. <laughs> Come to yes, the stage. Yes, Come to the stage. stage. Y'all give it up for Henry, man. Make some noise. Man, manifested this win. Wow. And they know each other. Like, so this is really going to be fun. You're coming up on stage, my friend. <laughs> you're hip-hop Henry. You're supposed to just storm the stage. You don't ask. You just... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so hip-hop Henry. Make some noise again for everybody who played. You guys did such a good job. <laughs> you can go ahead and take a seat. Y'all don't need your phones hey. anymore. We're, we're now hey. in the, we're, we're in the Terror Dome now, baby. So we're in our final round, and our final round is called Time's Up. It's our speed round. It's like the end of, like, like Family Feud type shit? 
The yes. lightning round. Family Feud meets lightning round. Bet. All right, so this is how it's going to go. You're each going to take turns. You're going to have 60 seconds to answer five questions in the category of your choosing. They're not multiple choice. So here are tonight's categories. If you know, you know. The first one is called What's My Name? It's all about rappers and their real names. And the crowd is intrigued. The second, it's, you know, uh, international, or it's, it's Women's History Month this month, so we had to do one for the ladies. It's called Hey Ladies. It's all about women in hip-hop. Expected a bigger reaction from mostly female crowd, but sure. And finally, 2003 was 20 years ago, which is also a scary statement to think about, but this is all about the year 2003. So... Hip-Hop Henry, which category are you thinking you would do the best in? Uh, DJ, which category are you feeling you would do the best in? Are you, or is, there, is anyone speaking to you or are you feeling like you're, you're in your... Yeah. I'll try 2003. He's going to try 2003. All right. You are our guest, so as our guest, you're going to go first. So you're doing 2003? So let me go over these rules one more time. 60 seconds on the clock. Skills has OCs times up, time to 60 seconds. When we stop hearing that instrumental, your time is up. If you don't know the answer, you can say pass. You can use a lifeline and ask the crowd if they can help. But if you answer incorrectly, the question is done. All right? You ready to do this? Make some noise for DJ Harrison. 2003. Here we go. Nelly, P. Diddy, and Murphy Lee released the single Shake Your Tail Feather on the soundtrack to this film. It was an action film. If you don't know, you could say pass. Fast and Furious. It was Bad Boys 2. <laughs> This rapper vowed that he would get rich or die trying with his debut in 2003. 50 Cent. 50 Cent is correct. According to Jay-Z's single 99 Problems, how fast was Jay driving when he got pulled over by a cop? 55. 55 is correct. Name one of the guest rappers on Bone Crusher's 2003 single, Never Scared. Shit. It's the final round, y'all. We got to turn the heat up. Tia? T.I. is correct. Name one of the artists featured on the Neptune's Clones album. Just one artist. Family. <laughs> Family um, is correct. You got in right before. Make some noise for DJ. Four out of five. Pretty spectacular. Shit. DJ's like, you told me this was a podcast and I was just going to answer a couple of questions. What the fuck? Mm. All right, so we're going to pass the mic to Hip Hop Henry here. Make some noise for Hip Hop Henry. Yo, 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 yo. And you, you guys know each other? Oh, yeah, this is a homie right here. So you guys have probably just yeah. done this at home, just, you know, trying to drill each other with, music, you know, hip -hop. Music nerds. Yeah, music nerds. Do. <laughs> yeah, that was Sorry. wild. That was, that was wild. Pause. <laughs> so which one are you doing? Are you doing What's My Name or Hey Ladies? Hey Ladies. Hey Ladies. 
Hey, ladies. 60 seconds on the clock. If you don't know, say pass. If you get it wrong, you're out. You need help from the crowd. Ask them. There's a few ladies here. Ready? Yeah. In 1987, this DJ became a member of the group Salt and Peppa. Spinderella. Spinderella is correct. This rapper gained notoriety when she became a cast member on the first season of MTV's The Real World. Heather B. Heather B is correct. Tupac's solo debut single has this woman's name in it. Brenda. Brenda is correct. EPMD featured a series of songs Jane. about a woman. Jane is correct. Wow. This rapper was briefly diagnosed with hearing loss in 2005. Foxy Brown. Foxy Brown is correct. Five out of five. Y'all give it up for the RVA Hip Hop Trivia Champs, Hip Hop Henry, and DJ Harrison! Here's a little story that must be told. And it goes a little something like this. this, this.